even though we're getting enough sleep, the quality isn't there. And so we're waking up feeling like we hardly got rest or we're waking mm -hmm. up feeling like uh, exhausted and like, okay, let's get through that. You know, just trying to motivate ourselves to get through the day from the top of the day when really what you should be feeling is excited to jump out of bed and like, like you have the energy to just get up and go. Deep Balancer, I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together, let's find your unique balance. Alrighty, balancers. Today, I'm really excited to have someone on the podcast who has helped me. I stumbled across her on some YouTube searches and the universe put her in my pathway. She helped me a lot when I was going through a bit of adrenal fatigue. And she's also a proof, has a proven track record of creating balance and high performance results in a wide range of different industries and endeavors, which I know all of you are going to love hearing about. So I'm very, very humbled to introduce the lovely MJ Gordon. Welcome to the Balance Theory. It's so nice to have you on the show today. Thank you, Erica. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. <laughs> Likewise. So you're streaming all the way from Florida. Tell us a little bit about your average day over there. I always love interviewing people from all around the world <laughs> because there's so many cities and countries that I've, I've never been to. I've, the US is one I'm yet to venture over to. So what's the weather like at the moment? What's, what's happening on your end of the world? Well, I mean, it's middle of May and it's already reaching close to 90 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. So it's, uh, it's quite hot, but yeah, every day for us here, I work from home, kids homeschool, uh, we do, we homestead on five acres and it's just, uh, wow. yeah, I mean, without getting into all of it, it's, it's busy, but it's a very full life and, uh, filled with things that we have decided, um, that we enjoy and like to keep in our everyday. That's so beautiful. It's, um, it's, it's really nice to kind of hear that you've curated, a lifestyle, not only for yourself, but your children, which is really beautiful. How do you find the homeschooling side of things? Is it um, kind of difficult to keep up with the curriculum and the homework <laughs> and be on top of it? Plus doing, cause I know you're quite busy yourself. How do you find sort yeah. of managing all of that? I mean, fortunately, because we both run the business together, he is, my husband is the uh, primary homeschooler and it is getting to a place where mathematics, you know, they're coming and asking me and I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> um, I guess at that point, like after you seven or eight and you're like, uh, everything after that maths lesson is like gone out of my head, not useful at all. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, with homeschooling, they get to go on their own track. So uh, they're much further ahead and it, it is, uh, you know, we're getting to the point where we're pulling in tutors and online classes and stuff like that. But um, at the same time, unlike elementary school, they are more self-regulated. So, mm. you know, they, they give them their assignment and that gives us the space to, we have a, an eight, a nine month old, he's nine months almost, um, old baby and, and to run the businesses as well. Wow. Lots happening at your household, no doubt. So can yeah. you share a little bit, um, for the listeners who maybe don't already follow you on socials, I mean, I'll pop all your handles in the show notes. Um, but can you just share a little bit about who you are outside of being obviously a part school, homeschool teacher and mom, of course, um, share a little bit about what it is that you do professionally. 
Sure. Um, I run a digital marketing content creation, really. Uh, I, I wouldn't say marketing because we don't specialize in ad spaces or anything, but we do a lot of content creation for uh, businesses, brands, Amazon sellers, and even influencers. Uh, we have a couple different services from creating courses uh, in the yoga and health fitness realm. And uh, we also do what is called recycling content. So we will take a podcast, break it down, and help create social posts, uh, social assets for the online brands and influencers. Um, in addition to that, I'm my own online brand and influencer, which is how you found me through my YouTube videos. And um, I offer courses on how to improve your energy, gain more balance and success in life, you know, for A-type personalities who are just giving it all they can and looking to take it to that next level. You know, that's, that's mm. my biggest passion is helping people improve their energy and their life. Awesome. Love all of that. And I'm definitely going to quiz you on that, the energy and the balance side of things in a minute. I'm curious, how did you um, fall into running the business? Were you working for another company? Is it something you studied or, you know, how did that sort of come about? And, and as well, even like the health coaching side of things. You know, when you're younger, you kind of are just all over the place. I mean, at least I was, I think a lot of us have not figured out what we want to do or go in life. Um, business -wise, I think a lot of people can, can resonate with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And maybe, and maybe you're still there now. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of just going as it comes, but, um, uh, when I was younger, I really knew that I wanted to work for myself. And so I got into network marketing and, uh, I, I really give a lot of credit to network marketing because I didn't have any business sense. I didn't have any a business background, uh, or help in it. And it really kind of gave me a foothold into how to run a business, how to market for a business and kind of give them that confidence, you know? So between that and uh, becoming a personal trainer for my own uh, selfish <laughs> wants, um, they kind of just merged together over time, you know, these skills, I guess, or these hobbies kind of come together. And uh, so in a way, some of it was purposeful. Uh, some of it I fell into, you see opportunity and you're like, hey, I think I, you know, something can happen there. Um, and then it just evolves from there. Mm. Yeah, no, I love that. It, it's, it's always really reassuring and I, and I love breaking down kind of people's journeys because I think at times we have our foot in a couple different doors and we can't quite see how they're all going to align. And then one mm. day you, you work out, oh, well, that's why I had that random side job where I took up that random internship, but you know, the little skills you acquire along the way, how they all kind of come to a nice whole circle later down the track. So that's awesome. Um, exactly. I do want to ask you a little bit about adrenal fatigue in particular. And I want to start here because as I've mentioned, that is sort of how I found you and really connected with you in the first instance. Um, sure. Can you, I guess, just share a little bit with our listeners, just so I don't butcher the concept, what it actually yeah. is. Um, and then we might just go from there. Well, I think there's uh, many different reasons or states of adrenal fatigue. Uh, I mean, I, in my last latest research, which is in the last few years, there were four stages of adrenal fatigue. And while a lot of people call this pseudoscience or, you know, a mental thing, um, what you can clearly see in the body is an imbalance of hormones. And when it comes to adrenal fatigue, it's, it's more of a imbalance because your body or your adrenals more specifically are not producing enough of a certain hormone that they're responsible for. So for me, that hormone was cortisol. 
And uh, it's not something you could potentially detect on, say, a regular blood test. You know, if you get your annual mm. blood test every year, it might show as normal. But if you get a, a complex or intensive hormone panel that can actually dig deeper into the cycles and the different phases and changes of your hormones throughout, you know, a monthly basis, um, it'll give you more specifically, not just the basic hormones and where they're balanced, but how they interact with the other hormones and what their balance is towards one another. So when you, for me, it did show up on the regular blood test, which is what kind of highlighted, hey, get, get more intensive testing done, see what the issue is. Is it hypothyroidism? Is it diabetes? What's going on? Because you're not making any cortisol. So mm. <laughs> for that to show up, that's, you know, it's kind of a big deal. Cortisol is important. A lot of people think of it as a stress hormone or uh, the fat storing hormone, but it's also plays a vital role in how you regulate your blood sugars. It, um, you know, it goes hand in hand with insulin, it picks the blood sugars up. It, it's also a carrier. So it helps carry your nutrients in and out of cells. So if you're not making cortisol, you know, it's it is a fight or flight hormone. So it, it's kind of like a get up and go. If you're not mm. making enough cortisol, you don't feel like you can get up and go, even if it's simple, so like it's get out of bed. Of, it manifests as that sort of lack of drive and lack of motivation, energy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why you, you get that that term fatigue, and you just feel mm -hmm. fatigue right? You're yeah. thinking, I mean, for me, it was like, I'm walking up these stairs, this is a normal thing to do. I'm healthy, I have an athletic background, like, why does this feel like I'm carrying a ton of bricks? You know, mm. just like your body yeah. weighs so much. So um, yeah, that's, that's my personal experience of it. And there's, you know, a range of it. So um, it's interesting, because the body is, you know, when it gives you these feelings, they're signposts, so they're saying, hey, I'm out of balance, something's mm. off. Um, and a lot of us want to jump to conclusions like, oh, I'm adrenally fatigued or, uh, you know, it's X, Y, and Z. Like, we, you know, we try to self-diagnose. Um, but the symptoms are relatively the same, right? Like when you get sick, you're fatigued. If you are pre-menstruating, you're fatigued. Like you don't get good sleep, you're fatigued. So it's so important, I tell everybody, make sure you get the comprehensive testing done. Uh, see a couple different specialists, not just one. Get multiple opinions. Formulate kind of your own understanding of where your body's at. That's so that you can get a very accurate starting point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I um love that you've said that because with my experience, I was feeling like something was totally off. I'm um, very much like a A-type high performer personality. And I just mm. felt this complete lack of energy to do anything. Even my passion projects, like this podcast I found was such an effort and felt like it was almost just like an obligation, like something I had to do. And at the time, yeah. like it was just a hobby. And so I started noticing all these changes in my attitude and my perspective. And I went and got a blood test and the GP said to me, everything's fine. You're fine. And yeah. intuitively I knew that something was off. Like I just, I just was not prepared to accept that because I just felt like something was not right. And I'm very fortunate to have uh, my sister-in-law is a naturopath. So I just said to her, can you just have a look over my bloods for me? And she did. And that's sort of when the topic of adrenal fatigue came up. And that's when I started getting educated from her, started to do my own research and, and to understand a little bit more about it as well. And I remember one thing that really, really frustrated me at the time was I thought, okay, great. I know what it is. Now I'm going to fix it. But it wasn't mm -hmm. like this, okay, just take these supplements and tomorrow you'll be fine or have this amount of sleep or, um, you know, do this, start just start doing meditations and you'll be fine. Like it took so many months for me to bounce back from that state and it was yeah. a really really frustrating process for me um 
but I know you give so many like awesome tips. I'm actually going to link the video that I found you on in the show notes, just in case anybody is experiencing anything remotely similar. Um, actually, even before we jump into the tips, I'd be curious to know what are your thoughts uh, between the difference? Is there a difference or a fine line between like burnout and adrenal fatigue? Uh, noting that we probably shouldn't self-diagnose, like obviously adrenal fatigue is that level where the hormones are out of whack and something is seriously depleted. Um, but, mm-hmm. but in a general sense, when people talk about burnout, is it one in the same or is there a difference? I mean, I think burnout is subjective. Adrenal mm-hmm. fatigue could be subjective unless you really get the, that comprehensive testing done. Um, but I, I like to, to identify burnout is that state when your body starts to get out of balance and it's starting to ask for the balance again. You mentioned that you had this gut feeling, and I think so many of us do. And we think, I mean, for me, it was 10 years before I resolved because I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, I just need to do better, eat better, exercise more, do more, you know, do more, yeah, demand more out of myself, stop being so lazy, you know, like you kind of get this negative self talk. Um, you, you know, you're making a big deal out of things, et cetera, et cetera. But when you realize that mo- most of the time, this A type personality, like, the the question is how come i am I'm, i don't eat badly i don't stay out and drink i get you know good sleep i wake up i exercise i meditate i try to eat well all this stuff and i'm so exhausted i feel burnt out like i feel like i don't have enough to keep going it's almost as if the energy continues to dwindle and drain and the only way that you feel better is to literally not do anything and it feels mm. mentally, emotionally horrible, right? Like you cannot uh, yeah. conceptualize why you're in the state of not having the motivation. You don't care. You know, you just want to sit and do nothing. But it's because your body's literally screaming, hey, I, I need to recharge. Stop. I need to reset. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you know, for me, uh, when I was adrenally fatigued, burnout would look like a week or two of that state before, okay, mm. I'm starting to feel... Like I can begin to do things again. Nowadays, burnout is, you know, I have a, I have a hard week and I just need to take, an, take it easy for a day. And I mm. still go out garden and, you know, go play volleyball or do some things, but I have to go out my flow and just kind of put, put away the to-do list. So it's just different in every state, but it's, I mm. would consider it when your body's asking to come back into balance again. And so burnout goes hand in hand with adrenal fatigue, but I think you can be burnout without having adrenal fatigue as well. It's preliminary yeah. in my mind. Yeah, the the kind of I'm glad you said that. Like the way I kind of look at it as well is burnout is, is almost like episodes of these emotions, whereas adrenal fatigue is like once you get to that point, it's almost like a prolonged state that yes. will just not you you kind of don't weave in and out of it. It's just like this right. constant state you're in because I feel like the hormones are already so depleted. There's no coming in and out of it. Whereas burnout's just like when you've tipped the scales a little bit too far and you might've had a hard week and you're dipping into it. Whereas like, you know, adrenal fatigue is that like, okay, there's no, there's no like positive days here. Like we're on a very low like (laughs) plateau vibe here, which is like definitely what I went through. Um, So in light of that, um, I I suppose people listening might be thinking, okay, maybe I've had burnout recently, or maybe I should go get a blood test and I'm feeling adrenally fatigued or I'm experiencing that what are some of the tips noting there are no quick tips trust me there are no Mm -hmm. quick tips it's a it's a I think it's just a complete lifestyle mindset shift at least temporarily so I'd love for you to share I guess what you found most useful um 
you know, when you were going through adrenal fatigue or things you now share with other people to cope with that period? Sure. Um, so there's one main thing that I'm going to talk about, and then I'm, I want to cover an, a main uh, action that you could do right now to uh, start to address this one main thing. So the main thing is getting into that rest and restorative state. So this is the parasympathetic nervous system. And I talk a lot about this because when I first started uh, my journey as a fitness and health instructor, the, uh, the burnout kind of community that I was uh, observing were people who were getting ready to retire. And it kind of made sense. You know, they, they spent the last 30 plus years working. They're reaching the end and starting to get worn down. Uh, but now it's 20, 30 year olds, new moms, uh, you know, new business folks, doctors, lawyers. These are my clientele that are saying, I don't know why I'm burnt out. I'm absolutely exhausted. Well, what's happened in the last 10, 20 years is technology has really changed. And so has the flow of our daily life and expectations. So whether we realize it or not, sitting in traffic, um, being on our cell phones, constantly thinking, going, doing, we're constantly in the sympathetic nervous system, which is the opposite of parasympathetic. So we're in fight or flight mode all the time. Now we're mm. made to be in fight or flight, but usually for brief periods, up to 15 minutes, you know, there's a bear run, there is a thunderstorm, get undercover, you know, but for us to be in this constant, moderate, low grade state of fight or flight continuously, it's really taxing on our system. So we mm. now have to develop a skill, what used to be natural, you know, when we used to walk out barefoot, get grounded and just breathe the fresh air and enjoy the sunshine or whatever we used to do. Um, and, and even take it back, roll it back 50 years when, you know, the grandparents were kind of playing with the kids at the park and just kind of going on strolls together. Like that's how we used to entertain ourselves. Now we entertain ourselves, you know, with these. And these take so much of our um, brainwaves to kind of a higher state. So it, it all kind of goes together, right? Like where your brainwaves are, where your heart rate's at, like all of this regulates the system. And so when we're constantly in this thinking mode, um, that's, that is why we're so exhausted for seemingly no reason. So the first thing, get back mm. into parasympathetic. How do you do that? <laughs> so one action item that you can do right now is to just take uh, Pomodoro breaks, Pomodoro breaks, excuse me. Um, so every half an hour, I take five minutes, take a legitimate break. But a lot of people will use this as time to like catch up on text messages or look at personal emails or like get some personal to do shopping done online. No, it's like get present, get in the moment. Like this is, you know, where we are, where you are right here, right now. Um, activate your senses and whether it's dancing or going out for a short walk, or closing your eyes and deep breathing. Take these brief moments regularly throughout the day. And this is going to start to tap back into that parasympathetic, which rolls into, I'll give you a bonus action item. Uh, it rolls into that. better quality of sleep. And mm. that's important because, you know, sleep is something we overlook. So I actually overpreach sleep, but it's not because sleep is the most important thing. All of it is important but it's because it's probably the most neglected thing. And we think mm. I'm getting to bed at nine o'clock and I'm waking up at, you know, 6 a.m. I'm fine. Like I'm getting enough sleep. But the question is, are you getting enough quality sleep? Are you getting deep enough sleep? 
And for most of us who are going in that sympathetic mode all day long, our brainwaves never come down to that state of delta or theta into the deeply restorative state where we are getting deep sleep, where our bodies restoring, our energies are restoring. So even though we're getting enough sleep, the quality isn't there. And so we're waking up feeling like we hardly got rest or we're waking mm -hmm. up feeling like uh, exhausted and like, okay, let's get through that. You know, just trying to motivate ourselves to get through the day from the top of the day when really what you should be feeling is excited to jump out of bed and like, like you have the energy to just get up and go. So mm. those are the two main things. And like you say, it's a lifestyle. Like you can't just say, oh, it's nine o'clock time to go to, you know, eight o'clock. Let's get it, get to bed or whatever. Um, mm. You have to develop that state of mind by tapping back into that parasympathetic so that your brain knows how to activate that as you go to sleep, you know, certain things yeah. like sleep hygiene, bedtime routines, et cetera, that, that all play into this. Yeah, absolutely. I love that idea of really looking at your body's energy, almost like a battery. And if you think that it's on like full speed and you're using it to the max every single day, we almost, I think, um, I was like using this analogy, like, you know, on the iPhone, how the 1% just seems to last forever. I feel yes. like we get sometimes to like midday and we're already at that 1% and we just stretch it until the moment we go to bed, which is yeah. like, when you think about it, your phone probably wouldn't keep up with that. But, but we kind of tell ourselves that oh, it's fine. Just push through, just keep going, especially for like these A type high achiever type personalities. So I love that you've called out. It's not necessarily about the hours of sleep. It's about the quality of sleep. Um, and obviously there are so many tools like the sleep watches or, or the little rings and stuff you can wear to track that if it's something you're interested in. Um, but, but I think the biggest sign of which you've just said already is just how do you feel when you wake up? Like if, you, if you're getting nine hours of sleep and you're not restored in the morning, then that's something to seriously consider. If I told you there was a device that not only tracked your sleep, exercise, and your menstrual cycle, but also gave you suggestions for how you should be training every day based off your performance in those areas, would you believe me? I'll spare you the suspense because Whoop have perfected this in their smartwatch. And since using it, I have become more confident understanding and learning from my body's intuitive signals. I love reviewing my sleep performance every morning and comparing it with the rest of my week to see how having one or two coffees later in the day or reading before bed changes my sleep quality. Yes, you can track all of these things and more like alcoholic drinks, whether you felt socially fulfilled that day, meditated, etc., to see what combination gives you the best quality of sleep. The best part for us women as well is it also factors in our menstrual cycle. You know how I have heaps of guests on that talk about training with your cycle? This literally takes the guesswork out of remembering which part of the month is better for what and will cue you and actually make suggestions every morning on what style is more appropriate. So on the first day of my cycle, it reminds me that based off where my hormones are at, resistance training is more appropriate. And what's crazy is it always reflects exactly how I'm feeling. It's been game changing for my balance because it honors that every day is different and reminds me that I intuitively know these things, but teaches me how to listen to them. If you want to try it out for yourself, click the link in the show notes and get your first month free. Now let's get back to the episode. Now, one thing yeah. on which you've also mentioned, like the sleep hygiene side of things, I think a lot of people will be guilty of this. I certainly am from time to time. It's something I'm working on and trying to get better at is you think, why can't I fall asleep or why am I having a bad sleep? And you're on your phone till the second you go to sleep with that mm -hmm. bright light in your face, which is basically like sunlight, which is telling your body the absolute opposite to, you know, get into that restore and rest state. 
So that's just something to think about. And I'm sure um, you also have a couple things you do before you go to bed. But one thing I've recently um, picked up is I bought a Kindle, which I'm obsessed with. And I love it because I can turn the light all the way down. And I just set my alarm on in a separate room, leave my phone there for about an hour I read. And my sleep quality, because I wear one of the Whoop watches, Mm -hmm. has just gone up. Oh, yeah. My recovery and everything has gone up like incrementally. So that is like has been a big shock to me recently. Um, But I think the biggest takeaway for everybody listening is where can you make those regular rest moments throughout the day, whether it's once every half an hour or in between meetings, like actually plan for it. And if you're somebody already who time blocks or really thematically plans out your day, like this should be a priority and it doesn't take a lot. Like you said, it could be as short as five minutes, catching your breath, reconnecting with yourself. But over time, it makes such a difference to that battery over yeah. lengths of days, weeks, and months of not having that rest and recharge. So yeah. um, definitely agree with everything you've said there. And as frustrating as it sounds for anybody in that position now, it is not a quick fix, but it is something that I think I think you come out of the other side. And I don't know if you had a similar experience. We come out of having something like adrenal fatigue, working through it, bouncing back from it, and almost thinking like I can never go back to how I was before. I experience this thing because I never want to be there again. And the Mm. tools and the skills and the practices and the learnings that I've gotten from coming out of this are so beneficial to just everyday life that I may as well just continue doing them. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you get, like you said, they're tools. So once you start to identify and because it's so precarious to start, you know, if you are in a chronic adrenal fatigue state, uh, the, the level of attentiveness and care and consistency that you need to have um, is so you have to be so thorough to really get out of it that once you do get out of it you you're hyper attentive to where your energy is at for me it was where my blood sugars are at even now I can tell beforehand um, Mm. whether or not I have enough blood sugar to accomplish a task like weightlifting or working out in the heat and um, so those skills really you take them with you forever I think it's almost like not only will you not let yourself get back to it again, it's almost as if you can't because you've mm. developed the skills to identify. Awareness. And exactly. And you just kind of react, you know, just out of habit. Like that's what I need to do right now. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And um, I, I remember reading one of your taglines is high energy for high achievers. I know that's something that you work on with your clients too. And I know that would yeah. resonate a lot with a lot of my community and something I've always thought about. I mean, I, I know the value and the benefit in resting and slowing down, but often I feel like when you have those moments in life where you're just so pumped and you're just so motivated and we're kind of going to the other end of the spectrum here, but when you're on a roll and you feel that momentum and you're in the zone, Mm-hmm. How or are there ways to ensure that we can continue to peak perform, right, and yeah, support absolutely. that momentum without the need to fully pull back and peel back and slow down? I know you've kind of already touched on those regular rests, which no doubt is um, is something you encourage even for people who are high performance and on a roll. But I would just love yeah. to hear about your approach to that so we can kind of fuel that momentum rather than constantly feel like we need to stop. That's such a great question because it is a very valid and consistent kind of experience for people in this, in this nature. Um, So there, so I like the, I'm going to go back to your reference of the battery, because if you know anything about lithium batteries, which is kind of the most common type of battery in our phones and things that we use today, 
um, there's this, uh, what is it called? There's this problem that keeps happening where like the, the battery dies and it won't stay charged. Have you ever experienced this? Like you, you bring your Apple phone to Apple or your iPhone and you say, Hey, like it won't hold a charge anymore. Like I put it on the plug and the minute I take it off, it starts to die. And then, so you have to completely replace the phone because the battery is just gone. And hmm. the issue with lithium ion batteries is if, if you use up the energy and you don't charge it fully. So there's so many, so many of us are on the go. We use those, uh, like extended battery packs like the solar packs or whatever and it just gives the phone just enough juice you know when you're at that one percent it's hovering you're like ah this phone can't die you just kind of plug it in until it's like maybe 20 30 50 percent right you give it enough juice to just okay i can unplug it and go it kills the battery over time the battery has to recharge all the way in order to keep the shelf life of the battery well as a high performer and and this is what a lot of people don't identify with. It's like, if you're a mom, you're a high performer. If you run business, you're a high performer. If you're a mom and you work, you're an extra high performer. And we kind of look at that like that's normal life, right? But we're in this day and age where we expect so much out of ourselves and so much is going on that it is hard to stop. How do you get that ball to stop rolling? It will, if I can be very honest, it will feel like you have to pull back a lot. And sometimes it feels like you can't, you know, you're on a good roll and then the day end comes and I find myself sitting at dinner, rearing to go. And I'm like, washing dishes, wiping the table. like Ripped up. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone's just like, sit down and have dinner with us. You know, I'm like serving everybody (laughs) and filling up their water cups (laughs) because you just feel like you get antsy. And so it, it becomes a practice where you have to take those mo- those five minute moments are a good start for practice. But then I like to also say, take 30 to 60 minutes for yourself every day. Mm-hmm. And what I mean yourself, it's not like, oh, I've been wanting to, you know, start this painting the closet or building this bookshelf, like find something where you can just spend time with yourself. Rev like down. Yes. And, um, and I take this as like my rev down moment. So my day is done and I get, so for me, like I have my work day. Then the next thing I do is my house chores for 30 to 60 minutes. Every day I find something to do for the house. Then I check in with my kids. So, so it's kind of like, this takes the most energy, my work. The next step is the house takes the next, then my kids take a little bit more energy. Then I check in with my husband. Then I get my time and do what I want in my flow. So I'm revving down in my day to, so that like each activity is just an incremental step in relaxing a little bit more so that by the time I get to bed, I'm ready Mm. to just lay down and sleep. My head's not going, all my to-dos have been taken care of. So it's basically, I think that's the best thing to say is like practice getting the moment, structure your day. And sometimes you still find that Like one of the things that I run into is, okay, when we go on vacation, I have to kind of work a lot so that I can take a week or two off. And then we get to a week or two and I'm like, oh gosh, now what? You know, because I've been going for the last week or two and now it's like, I got nothing and it feels kind of off. And it's very jarring. Yeah, exactly. And so, or you get vacation sickness. So when I had, was adrenally fatigued, I would get what's called vacation sickness. Like the body 
uh, holds back from taking care of sickness. And then when you have space, you get sick because the body kind of allows itself to process and take care of those things. So that's no fun. That used to happen to me. That used to happen to me every time I finished exams and I was on uni break every single time. It's horrible. It's because you're like, I'm on vacation and I'm supposed (laughs) to have a break, but now I'm sick. And now that I'm better, I I have to to go back. (laughs) Yeah. I used to make a joke about it. So I'm glad it's actually a thing. (laughs) Yeah, it totally is. Um, So one of the things you can do too is like if you're going on vacation or it's your weekend. So Saturday mornings, I do what's called a half day. And I'm just a little more loosey-goosey with myself where I'm like, okay, I have these to-do things that I, I want to get done. Um, I might do this. I might do that. But I don't overload it, you know. And mm-hmm. by 12 o'clock, it's a hard stop. And the same thing. Same thing as every day. Like I do my Saturday, 12 o'clock. Then 12 o'clock, I have lunch. I get some stuff done around the house. And then it's like free time from Saturday to Sunday. So, so revving down kind of your activities. Uh, if you go on vacation, making sure that first day or two, you have something to do just something, you know, laundry Mm. or packing or whatever, give yourself some to do things. Or even when you get to the vacation spot, like book your tour that next day or whatever, nothing too crazy. Like it should be incremental step down from from Mm. your, your week prior or your day prior. And that that'll help. And over time, when you practice this, you start to be able to switch on and off more automatically. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great way to kind of stay balanced because I think we go through these different states in life where we are more revved up and we just have that energy and we're in flow. But then you almost expect your body to just tone it down like by 10 floors and just completely relax and do nothing. So I think like anything, like introducing a new exercise regime or a new diet, like those incremental changes is what's going to help you sustain that energy or that diet or that habit for the long term. And I think um, I, I just realized that's something I intuitively do with a little bit of an extension. So what I normally do is on a Friday, and I suppose like if you work for yourself or if you structure your own time, like this probably will work well for you on a Friday. So I'm like a, an avid wrist, a li- wrist I'm, I can't speak. I'm an avid list writer. And mm. what I do is I'll kind of like allocate tasks for the whole week. But on a Friday, I'll just do like one task that maybe is a little bit more creative or will take me the whole day. Just because what I always end up doing is if I don't get things done, I end up adding it onto the next day. And the next day, by the time I get to Friday, yes. it's just overloaded. Yes. So I try and keep Fridays like very, very clear so that if things don't get done, there's space for them to get done. And then if I've done everything, I just have time to get creative. So by the time the weekend comes around, I haven't been, That's you know, working perfect. till. 7 or 8 p.m. because I used to have a corporate job and um, I was a finance lawyer and so often my work was out of my control. If it was busy, Mm. if it was 4.30 p.m. on a Friday night and a client wanted something, I kind of had no control over that. But now that I am in a position where I can do that and I can set those boundaries sort of with myself, that is something that I just realized I intuitively do to rev down for the weekend. So um, yeah, really nice to hear that that forms part of something you kind of coach your clients with as well. Yeah. I mean, and if you are in that position where you're in corporate and you don't have, you know, more of a weekly flexibility, you can still create those moments of rev down in between, you know, mm, your breaks. Absolutely. It, that's important. So it could just be, you know, 15 minutes of this, like for 15 minutes, I'm going to bustle around and the next 15 minutes, you know, just increment it down. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I always think as well, the defining factor is not what's happened in your day and what's thrown you because sometimes it's just out of our control. It's okay, with whatever time you've got left, what are you choosing to do with that time? You know, you're exactly. choosing it to, to spend it on activities that are just like soul and energy draining or are you going to do things that fill your cup and help you rev down and help you get ready for that rest so something else to be mindful of if you feel like your week or your day is kind of out of your control I always use the example of the Monday where you're motivated ready to go and then you get to the train station it's late you miss your gym session you have to rush to work and then it's crazy busier than expected and you miss dinner with the family so like I'm sure a lot of people have crazy Mondays like that and you could probably sit there and, you know, be pissed off about it and let it ruin your mood. Or you can just say, okay, where can I then reallocate my time for the rest of the week? Exactly. And how can I rip down to just unwind from today? So definitely agree well, with um, it. I think it's, uh, I think it's normal for us, you know, to, to think if I just get all this done and out of the way, I'll have space and time. But what we end up doing is like you say, we, we almost, um, allocate things in a very imbalanced manner because it's there's never you're never it's never going to get done <laughs> and it's you never know, enough it's, it's never, never enough, enough. Yeah. so it's like you could stay up till three o'clock in the morning trying to get this out of the way but like the the list is as you say is always growing so I like what you had to say about where you're allocating the time are you taking time to enjoy and do that's super super important when it comes to parasympathetic the balance you, you know, to kind of re tap or re rephrase or sorry, refresh. I don't know what word I'm trying to say to just kind of reflect. <laughs> Recalibrate <one>. maybe. <laughs> um, to reflect back on uh, the question that you had with um, how to, I just lost my, my thought. Um, sorry. We were, oh, we were talking about how, uh, I don't know why I got hung up on that word. Um, uh, to like, where, it's important where you, where you allocate and how you spend your time to ref, like kind of refresh your energy after a busy day. Thank Thank you. Yeah. The, the, uh, the balance is important to have fun and to make sure that you are, you know, taking that time for yourself because we often mm. want to take, to get it done, get it out of the way. And it just never gets out of the way. And I did have a point. I'm sorry that I lost it. I got hung up on okay. not knowing that word. It'll come to me, but, um, oh, but good. It, it is no super important. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I actually always love interviewing mums who also are managing a business because I feel like um, it's, it's a phrase that's coined from mums, but I feel like it's something we all can relate to. And it's called the mum guilt where you almost feel mm. guilty for taking that time for yourself or doing that thing or hanging out with your friends because obviously, and I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but I, I well and truly know that when that when that day comes, if I'm blessed enough, um, you know, your priorities almost become secondary in a way. And so how do you find, I guess, managing that, those, I wouldn't say they're competing, they're definitely complementary. Maybe I'm answering the question as I'm speaking. I think it's a mindset thing where you almost feel like guilty for putting yourself first for a moment in time when Mm. often I feel like if we invest in ourselves, we can be better and our output is better for all those other areas of our life. So I guess my question to you is, do you kind of struggle with that? Have you ever struggled with that? And how do you sort of navigate that? Yeah, definitely, definitely have struggled, struggle less, but uh, I think that's just normal. Like as a mom, 
there's certain things that I, I always say are not fair, you know, to tell moms. Uh, one of those things are uh, enjoy it while it lasts because it goes fast. Regardless if you enjoy it or you're not enjoying it, and some moments are truly are not enjoyable. <laughs> That's just the truth of it. You love your kids. Thanks for the but, heads up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just goes by fast. There's nothing you can do about it, I don't think. Um, you know, and so same with the guilt. I think as a mom, it's our job to make sure that we are trying to do our utmost for our child. So when we don't feel like it or we can't be there or, you know, things don't go the way it's planned, you, you just feel guilty. <laughs> That's just part of how it goes. But, um, you know, one of the philosophies that I really love to share with people is the philosophy of minimalism. And I call it a philosophy because it's really more of a mindset and not an external outcome, but more of an experiential outcome, in my opinion. So life now, there's so much to say yes to. I mean, so much. I mean, and endless from, from the things that we get distracted by in social media to our thoughts in our mind, to the conversations we have. There's just so much going on at high speed all the time that it, it's kind of like a full-time job to say no. And so for myself, what started to happen was I realized in order for me to have the things that I want in life and to have them fully and to be able to do them well, I have to say no to a lot. And mm. it, that I think is, was difficult to begin with. Um, yeah, I think one of the things I wanted to touch back on that I had forgotten and have popped up, it kind of goes hand in hand. You, you sort of feel like you have to hold back or tell yourself no at first. And then when you realize what it does for the things that really matter to you, like, mm -hmm. right. So why are you running really hard to, to build business or to get through your day, getting through all your to do's? Like you have to stop and ask yourself, why am I doing these things? Because a lot of times we get caught up in just getting it done because we know that doing. we're responsible. Yes. But why are you doing these things? If you're doing them so that you can create a lifestyle, but you're not taking that time to have fun and to create your lifestyle, you don't take the time to get in the moment with your kids because you are so busy and you have all this stuff to do. And, you know, then what's the point? And that, mm. you know, that became a reality to me when I first started building our company. I was working so much. My husband said, you rarely join us for dinners. We don't see you at breakfast. What are we doing? You know, what, what's the point? It's not worth it. So, mm. so there's a lot I gave up, you know, I, I give up working as much as I can and making a certain amount of income because I want to spend a certain amount of time with my kids. Um, I give up being a musician because right now I'm a mom and a homesteader. And that's something that I prioritize in my life. So it's, it's not a missing out. What happens is if you are so overwhelmed with a thousand things in a thousand different directions, you never get to fully immerse and fully mm -hmm. manifest, um, you know, that experience and that enjoyment of that thing, whether it's your kids or your hobbies or your weekends or your time, your fun time for yourself, because you're kind of almost for lack of a better term, half assing, you know, like mm. you, yeah. you're giving your all, but in a thousand directions. So, all, all of that can't take, get quality. A hundred percent. 
So a hundred percent. I love that you've said that because I've, I've been in that position too, where I've got so many projects and so many things happening and you kind of FOMO into holding on to stuff. You don't want to miss out on doing that. And what, you know, what if, what if that's about to do really well and you want to do that and you want to be here and you want to do everything with all the friends and you want to do everything with all the family and you want to do all the self-care things. And at the end of the day, something gets compromised when there's too much and I think yeah. that simple mindset shift that you've just shared so beautifully of it's not missing out, it's actually just prioritizing so you can give quality to different areas yeah. is something really important for people to think about because at the end of the day, you can try something with your all, give it 100%. And if it doesn't work out, you can go to the other thing or, you know, like for yourself, if if you're, if you're you know, you hire someone else in your business and your time frees up, then you can stack on the music stuff. And when you do it, you yeah. can actually be 100% present. And that's a lot more beautiful than having it as a competing priority with other things and then they both end up suffering. So I think that's a really cool uh, mindset shift for anybody listening who feels like maybe they don't have enough time for everything right now and they can't see any way to squeeze it all in. Maybe it's less of a question of doing that and more a question of well, what needs my priority and my full attention right now. And what can yeah. I kind of postpone rather than miss out on? Yeah, absolutely. I like that you brought up hiring somebody. Um, you know, what, one of the things I think A-type personalities, and I can speak for probably a lot, most people, whether you're A-type personality or not, it, we t- tend to take on this expectation that I'll do it. I can do have it. Have to I do it all. It. Yeah. And I mean, like we have this five acre property. There's two buildings. You know, I, I, there's a lot. We have a 50 plus fruit trees. And we're like, wow. yes, we will install the irrigation ourselves. We will replace the siding ourselves. We will mow all five acres ourselves. Like we do all of it <laughs> ourselves, right? So, um, you know, one of the things that I have been enjoying uh, sharing with people this last year is I bought a Roomba vacuum. They're one of those automatic vacuums. Yes. Right? And I bought the cheap version, like not the fancy one, just like the little, it was on sale at Costco. So I got it for, I think 200, it's normally three. And um it, it just goes around mindlessly sucking, you know, up the dirt and it saves me from having to sweep like five to 10 minutes a day. But when I did the calculation, I was like five minutes a day is over 30 hours a year of my life. So anything Crazy. you spend five minutes a day on costs you 30 hours. And so much of us who are burnt out fatigue, we all we think is like, oh, if I only have more time, like if I have more time mm-hmm. to get stuff done, if I have more time to rest and all that, you know, but so taking the time to, like you said, hire, if you can't afford to hire or, you know, it's, it's too much going on right now, little things, we take the time to like really look for the little things that make a massive difference in our time and our energy. And that's something that we're constantly doing, uh, you know, alongside with saying no to, to the things mm-hmm. that, you know, don't contribute to the most important things in our lives as well. I think that's a really nice um, perspective because you think five minutes a day makes no difference, but when you add it up mm-hmm. over a week or over a year, um, you know, and you think about that one thing you've been trying to squeeze in that you just never seem to have time for, I bet you could, you know, do a lot with five minutes in a day, whether it's reading or meditating or, yes. um, you know, calling a friend or whatever it is. So that's, that's a bit of food for thought for everybody. Is there something they're doing, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes a day that they can automate, replace or delegate? Because that's, ultimately going to give you more time and space. But one really interesting thing I did with the audience a couple of weeks ago was a breakdown of the 168 hours of your week when you remove sleep, work, commuting, eating times, and looking at how much time you've actually got left over. It's like quite 
shocking sometimes when you think, yeah. how do I have 30 spare hours in the week? Like, how am I actually using that time? So also another interesting, I guess, perspective, if, if you are struggling to find the time to do the things you love. Um, Marion, I just want to thank you so much for sharing all your incredible insights and wisdom today. It's been honestly a pleasure chatting to you one-on-one. As I said, you helped me a lot during my adrenal fatigue. Um, so I'm really glad that fast forward once I'm now out of it due to partly due to, you know, some of your great tips, um, that we can have this conversation and reflect and, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful for you putting all your resources out there for free on YouTube. And, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, a big, big fan and, um, keen to see, I guess, where your work takes you over the next year or so. Maybe I'll, I'll catch you with your musician passion back up and running. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, um, I really, I really enjoyed this conversation, Erica. Thank you for having me here. Appreciate it. No, an absolute pleasure. And for the listeners who maybe want to follow along your journey, your podcast, um, where's the best place they can find you, reach you, and I'll pop some links in the show notes below. Yeah, my website, mj-gordon.com. That links to everything. You can find what you need there. Easy. One spot. We love that. All right, perfect. I'll pop links to that below as well as the YouTube video, of course, where I found you on. And um, like I said, it's been a pleasure. Same here. Thank you.